I'm Jeremy McManus, uh, General Manager, Commercial and IR for Near Metals. A little bit of a snapshot on the company. So we're an Australian listed company, recently dual listed here on, uh, on AIM, and we're a battery materials producer. So we've got uh, three core technologies which we're deploying. We've got three different business units. And the focus for us is around sourcing materials that someone else has already dug out of the ground. And we're really targeting opportunities where we can decarbonize and support the circular economy. So we're here raising awareness uh, in London. Hello, and welcome to London. Jerry, um, we, we actually saw you for a couple of months ago, I, I, yeah. I think it was. So you were spending a lot more time here in Europe, but um, phrase you just used, right? Your battery materials producer. Correct. Slight change in description to the the way you position yourselves before, uh, which was more sort of project focus. So wh why that? Why, why have you just changing the description now? Yeah, look, I think there's just been an evolution of, of the business over time. So we listed originally back in 02. It was a resource company originally, and over the journey, it's, it's become very clear that you know we sold mineral assets and, and we've divested things, and now the focus is solely on projects that are generating materials. So that distinction on producer right. yeah. is because our recycling project has small scale operation. Yeah. Yeah. So we are a producer. And strategically, we've got a really clear focus now that uh, you know everything pertains to decarbonisation and the circular economy and this concept of sourcing feedstocks, if you like, that someone else has already mined with a view to recycling, mm. recovering, downstream processing and that's that's really what we're all about well, it's, it's kind of interesting actually because you start off as a, a, a miner mm -hmm. segued over into this battery ev thematic okay and you're kind of reframing just tweaking slightly yeah. uh, the way that you see yourselves um it's all very fluid mm -hmm. um what's i mean and you've been over in europe a few a, a few times now you've got your projects uh, again you've got the vanadium project we've got the battery recycling project here we have lots of conversations yeah. with institutions with OEMs, obviously you've got your deal with Mercedes, we'll talk about in a second here. Are things being affected by the kind of Russia-Ukraine situation in terms of the need to kind of secure critical minerals? Um, I mean, what, what, what are you hearing out there? What's yeah. the feedback? Uh, look, I think certainly what's the regrettable stuff that's going on in Ukraine seemingly is fast-tracking this desire to have, you know, raw material supply chain resilience, particularly mm. in Europe and, and everywhere. Uh, I think it's fast-tracking, mm. you know, the concept of the rollout for EV and cell making. The, the other edge of that sword is where all the raw materials come from. So we're trying to do something about that with the recycling to help, you know, essentially support raw material extraction right. to supplement it. And otherwise, on one of our projects, the Vanadium Recovery Project, I think that's more directly impacted. You know, what we're seeing is Europe's supply of Vanadium chemical has come wholly and solely from Russia. Uh, so Europe needs a domestic source of, you know, large volume, high purity, ideally green material, and that's something that we're offering. So the tailwinds, mm. courtesy of a regrettable situation, are really quite strong, particularly for that one. But but can you can you as a business can financiers um, make decisions on a situation which is like I say it's deeply regrettable but it's new yeah it's hasn't been going that long so you know is a decision about well let's see how this thing plays out or is it like very firmly at the door of 
do you know what? More than ever, we need um, independence yeah. and, and self-dependence self, self on our ability to produce, whether it be chem chemicals or, 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 or the multitude of things, I suspect. And have those conversations. It's exactly that. It's right. exactly as you say. If anything, it's a tailwind saying, you know, right. if not now, when. Here's, here's a circumstance which really means we need some, you know, r resilience in right. the supply chain. Let's speed these things up. I mean, in terms of speaking to financiers, it's it's really for us speaking to fund managers and brokers and retail mum and dads, and in Europe in particular, because it's a new listing where we didn't raise money, um, we're just trying to raise awareness more than anything. A lot mm -hmm. of companies weren't familiar with near metals. Right. So that's the task at hand for the time being with no ask is just raising awareness. Okay. So no. yeah, if anything, the, the, what we're hearing is you know, the offering, I guess, the neo-metals um, story and business purpose is pretty unique, particularly in London. Yeah. Not too many companies offering sweeter battery materials, uh, you know, coming without mining, without mining risk, and also with some green credentials, credentials associated. So, but what, how are they um, viewing, I want to get into the projects in a second, they certainly yep. the European projects in a second, but how are they viewing this whole re recycling thematic, this kind of, this green component, because it's it's fairly nascent in, in, in many ways. Yep. How important is it? What are, you, what are you hearing in terms of people's um, propensity to maybe price that differently and, or value that differently, given there's no kind of comps out there? Yeah, look, well, the appetite for this thematic is huge. Right. And certainly having spent two weeks speaking to a multitude of people, for sure, you know, not enough opportunities to participate with but do they know exposure why? to that. Do they know why? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Sometimes I, I jump on board a thematic, yeah. great, yeah. people talking about it, but what do I as a banker or, or a funder do about that? How do I yeah. value a company like you as a result of that? How do you value yourselves, quite frankly, yeah. in those conversations at the point where you may go and raise some capital? Yeah, well, there's obviously this, this concept that if you are, you know, at the other end of, of the supply chain, I guess if you're not extracting raw materials, and you're more of a, a mineral processor downstream, then you're likely to attract an industrial or maybe a clean tech multiple. We've only got small revenue coming. Right. But but that's then you put yourself in a different yeah. basket. And so that seems yeah. to be drawing but, but, attention. But is that part of what you're saying? Because, you know, it... <laughs> In, with Germany, it'll be a little bit of revenue, but it's yep. a kind of proof of concept thing, exactly. right? Where you say, um, here's the process, it works. Here's the process, it's economic. And here's a one part with one partner, there could be multiple partners in licensing and yep. et cetera, satellites. And however the heck you want to play this thing, right? So that, how long is that process going to last before you can ramp that up? Because that's great as a demo, but you got to show scale, profitability, all of those wonderful things that businesses need to do. What's that look like going forward? So in order of prominence, there's yeah. three business units, if you like, they're demarcated with different team like we've set them up so that you know we've got the bandwidth to manage each and you've got big partners doing a lot of the heavy lifting mm. so with the battery recycling because that's the one you're focusing on there essentially you've got demonstration plant which was built over let's call it a year and a half mm -hmm. through covid our partners sms did a terrific job yeah demonstration trial for the purpose of our studies is complete it's been a success mm -hmm. 
part of the plant, which is success for who? I mean, success, success for you, but success for Nia Metals insofar as it's proven what we set out to do. Right. But and who's at the other side judging you? Who's the other side of the fence judging you? Because you need to meet their criteria yep. too, not just your own. Yep. Well, one example is Mercedes, yep. for example. So they've been judging for 17 plus months mm -hmm. and have sort of, you know, connected with us, put their brand out there mm -hmm. as, as using as technology partner Primobius. But for our purposes, success, data goes into next evaluation study, outcomes in June. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the actual first part of the of the plant which is a shredding and beneficiation circuit we've mm -hmm. now secured a permit to allow that to be a commercial right. operation so that's in train that's operational and ramping up mm -hmm. and to your point you know when does this happen at a larger scale and how do you evaluate it in your head the next big decision for us is with a partner called stelco right so mercedes is happening in yep. the background we're looking to supply equipment design help them construct a big plant in Kuppenheim. Which they pay for? Yep, okay. they pay for it. That's the model, okay. That's the model. The other partner, Stelco, is probably first cab off the rank with a larger plant. So right. Mercedes and our own shredding facility are at 10 tonne a day. Uh, Stelco is a 50 tonne a day. And we're looking to make an investment decision in Q3 on that. So what that looks like is Stelco have a license and we also have an option to essentially recompense them for money spent on site selection and front-end engineering work right. and then be up to 50-50 in a recycling joint venture with them. Right. So that becomes very real on the first large plant. And, it, and is, it, is it exactly the same technology from Mercedes as it would be for Stelco or are there tweaks needing to be done? Because I'm sort of saying, you know, how much of this is proprietary IP to you and how much of that vests to them over time? What, what, what will these relationships look like when you're kind of, again, scaling up? Yeah. So same technology, different, different feeds, there's nuances. Right. right. But for the most part, you can think of it as it's the same technology, the shredding and the refining back end, the real patent pending smart sit with the refining, we protect that. Very, very closely, we guard that. And, you know, ultimately, as you roll this out commercially, what does it look like? It looks pretty similar to okay. what to what we've designed originally, but then it will be constantly optimised as we learn. Right. So the refinery that we have in Hilschenbach, we've kept that as an R&D facility. Mm -hmm. So at the front end, you've got cells going through for, for people and we charge a fee for the privilege of taking them off someone's hands. Mm -hmm. We keep the black mass, that's worth money. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we have a customer that wants to do a dedicated trial, and I Itoshu we're doing one for shortly, it's not a huge operation. The revenue, it's more about actually getting operational wherewithal to show people. So we can pause that, do a dedicated trial, the material yeah. goes through the shredding section, comes out through the refinery, and then people can evaluate the, the chemicals that we produce. Great. Where I was getting at with that question is, is trying to understand um, how quickly you can scale up. Because yep. if you're trying to create a sort of unique system or flow, flow sheet for each sale that you do, it just slows things yep. up. So the bulk of it is, is, is predominantly the, the same with a few tweaks around the edges and optimized ongoing, obviously. Okay, so that's fine. And you said something that sort of interests me, certainly around the economics, which is trying to understand, so you, people pay you, or so you pay 
No, they, you said people pay you to take the stuff off of their hands and then you kind of process it, is yeah. that right? How long do you think that lasts? Because at some point, what they, what you're being paid for becomes really, really valuable yeah. in this kind of, you know, closed loop system you, you, you're yeah, trying yeah. to create here. So do the, how will the economics evolve over time? So it won't last forever. So yeah. that facility in Hilsham Bark is shredding and beneficiation. Mm. It's permitted to 10 tonne a day. Mm -hmm. The capacity is larger, but that's what the permit is. And so in the foreseeable future, that will last because Europe doesn't have the recycling capacity yet to cover the mm -hmm. amount of spent cells that are out there. Mm -hmm. But in time, for sure, when the volumes increase markedly, you're yeah. going to see the people who have those cells that need recycling saying, well, they, these are fairly valuable. Yeah. Let's come to another negotiation. Right. But, you know, for the immediate term, that will last. But bear in mind that's that shredding and beneficiation. And then when you come to a, a fully integrated solve, which is where we want to go, the yep. shredding and beneficiation is an interim step for us mm -hmm. to ultimately close the loop. And that's what all the customers need. Mm -hmm. Notwithstanding the economics of just shredding and beneficiating, mm -hmm. they need to be able to show how they close the loop for their stakeholders. So it's just a stepping stone to a, to a broader pathway. And okay. if you don't have back end, you don't provide the full solve for where the legislation and all the levers are going. Okay, that, that's the interesting bit in, in this, that the, the evolving uh, role of the feed and the economics around, around the yeah. feed, and it sounds like you're obviously on, on, on top of it. Um, I'm just wondering then, do, what do we expect in terms of the kind of annuity stream of, of cash coming into you? Does it kind of tail off, but stay steady state for as long as, yeah. you know, as, long as you can sign contracts for, um, or the, is there the ability to bolt on additional revenue streams as part of the business model going down, further down the line? So uh, one way to look at it, if you, Stelco, for yeah. example, so you have small revenue coming from a shredding facility in Hilschenbach. Mm. Then Mercedes, you've got an arrangement where the purchase, you know, we supply, mm. build plant, and then the real hook with that relationship is for us to do a good job over the currency of a five-year cooperation. We mm. understand where they're thinking about cell chemistries because they're going to make their own cells. Mm how to industrialise, how to automate, how to dismantle. So right. really valuable. But the end game is, is doing a great job and yeah. being there as the technology provider right. for cell scrap and end of life. Got it. And then with Stelco, for example, Primobius, which is our joint venture, we own half of that, will then make a JV with Stelco. So it means near metals interest becomes 25%. Yeah. And then the economics are proportionate. But each circumstance is probably a little bit different depending on what okay. people want. Where we're seeing it is most big customers, they need an industrial sole, which we offer with, you know, performance guaranteed plant with the backing of SNS. Mm. And then how they engage with us, I think we've kept as flexible as possible. Mm. We see most of them wanting to partner where we share the economics, they've got the feed, we provide the chemicals at the back end. Yeah. But that too could evolve over time. Yeah. I, I, I guess what I'm really interested in is how do you make yourself as sticky as possible, right? I, you insert yourself and it's very hard to remove you from the process. And they, so come back to you, mm -hmm. what seems like harmless sort of coming from you about how oh, we continue to optimize. Optimization and technology is critical because the thing about technology, it changes and evolves. And there's yeah. always going to be a, a better solution coming down the line. And it, in this case, better damn well be you yep. for someone else that you know, tries to insert themselves into your arrangement, right? So, so that that, that kind of R and D component is that going to be that's going to be clearly based 
here in Europe, yep. presumably, because all, all, all the brain stress is back in uh, in, in Oz at the moment, isn't it? So Keep, how's the team looking yeah. over here now? Give or take, there's some yeah. pretty smart uh, chemical engineers and metallurgists at SMS as well. Right. So I think you optimise. So let's say, for example, you've got several joint ventures. So we've got a pipeline that the public's aware of that's been disclosed. And then behind that, hopefully mm. you see more coming out in time. Mm -hmm. And if they're joint ventures, you're going to have smarts for each joint venture. Yeah. Each of them are probably going to you know, approach R&D separately. Okay. But you'll always have that Hilschenbach facility as an yeah. R&D centre as well. Yeah. And then if you take Merck, for example, that's exactly why we want to be there so that we can learn how they're thinking as an OEM at the coalface, as it were. Yeah. Chemistries, you know, the splits okay. between the different, you know, NMC varieties. Are they yeah. going to do lithium iron phosphate? Can yeah. we help with that? The answer is yes, but, but what's the arrangement? Okay. So that's how we stay Brilliant. sharp and stay sticky. Yeah. And really, it sounds simple, but you've got to do a good job. Okay. So then eyes on the prize. Don't try and do too many things. We're not really bandwidth constrained. SMS is a huge company. Yeah. But you've got to do a few things well initially. Absolutely. Okay, so that, that's kind of interesting on, on, the, on the battery side of things. Should we um, pop over to the Scandinavia? Yeah. Vanadium, as you said, we referenced it at the beginning. Obviously, the, the kind of Russia situation is potential op opportunity there for you. I mean, that's obviously the, the second big big one in the portfolios. Yep. So what, what's happening on the ground? You went and did a site visit of uh, stuff I saw you in London last yep. time out. So yep. what's the news from there? Yeah, so that was a real eye-opener for me. I mean, we've been stuck in Perth, unable to travel for a long time. So yeah. we went to Pori, yeah. where we had a site selected to do the processing. So essentially, there's three stockpiles in Europe that belong to SSAB. That's the first project opportunity. And the concept is to move the stockpiles to Finland, where the government's really supportive. Mm. So we got there, had a couple of stakeholder engagement days, mm -hmm. and good success, you know, a lot of face-to-face -face discussions with yeah. the mayor and, and all the rest of it. So that was really encouraging. But we signed a lease at okay. the port of Pori. Oh, right. So we've secured a site to build the processing plant. Everything you need, as much? Literally. There's okay. CO2, which is a reagent because we're sequestering CO2. Yeah. That's their power, deep water port, the whole bit. So it's a really impressive location. Mm. The government seems to be behind it 100%. Likewise, the local municipality. Mm -hmm. And we also signed a, an off-take MOU with a company called Betalar. Right. And Betalar are looking at using one of our byproduct, which is a, you know, a glorified calcium carbonate or limestone material right. in a cement product where they're trying to reduce the CO2 footprint of concrete cement. Interesting. Okay. Is, and not worth much at the moment, but what's the time frame on that in terms of its ability to contribute revenue? For the byproduct, which yeah. is generally so the byproduct, which I focus on because I've not heard well, before. It'll dovetail into the you know the timeline for making vanadium chemicals, which is your key target. Yeah, out, okay. of, out of the process. Okay, okay, cool. And um, well, what is that time frame actually? Just remind me. Yeah, so looking to make the catalyst for this one mm -hmm. is thirty June belts and braces feasibility study. Mm -hmm. And thereafter, make an investment decision December of okay. this year, mm -hmm. with a view to forming the joint venture with with Critical Metals, who yep. put their foot on the feed supply originally, yep. and then prepaying for seven hundred thousand ton of the stockpile from SSAB and moving it to Finland, and then 
production 2024. So it's so slightly longer term than the recycling. Yeah, but it's it, what, I think what, it, what I when I first started talking to you, there, there seems to be a lot of cabs in the rank mm. waiting. A couple of got away quite quite strongly. The, the, the third one was we talked about, and the second is following, and the fourth one, and the fifth one. So it's good. There's a you know, the process there, but just, just let's, let's just stay with um, um, in Scandinavia. SSAB could right. You, there have to be some kind of what was it deposit or payment for the, the feed. Yeah, yeah. How does that work? Pre prepayment. Pre so essentially, there's but all of it up front. There's two million ton in three right. stockpiles. Yeah, and we'll pay for seven hundred thousand ton of it. Right. Point B is a pre. I say prepayment because then the material will sit there for a little while before we start processing right. in in the operation. But okay. at which point. We are completely wedded to the concept, you know, we've got the JV, we've bought the material, we're away. Yeah. Is SSAB wedded to you? What are their options? And so you can come back to this question around feed, right? Yeah. Whether it be recycling or or, or, or um, the SSAB mountains that they've got yeah. sitting there. You know, how wedded are they to you or the contract or the agreement? I mean, how do you secure decades worth of this stuff? Because mm. that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Look. Absolutely, wedded to it. I'm not aware that they have alternatives. Others have tried. We've come in with a new approach, an alkaline leach. Yeah. You don't have the heavy acid tail sitting there. So getting permitted to do something like that with heavy acids in Scandinavia, you know, would yeah. be pretty challenging. This has been sitting around for like a long time, right? Long time. And they've been assaying it every day for 30 years. And wow. we put a drill rig on top of one of okay. the stockpiles and we've assayed it. And sure enough, it aligns perfectly with their data. Right. So it's just quite an extraordinary source of feed that has already been dug out of the ground. So it lines up with our strategy. You know, SSAB, they, they need a solve. I mean, those stockpiles, unless they extract the vanadium themselves, which is not core business, mm. they need to do something with them. So here's a, here's a neat fit. So you, it will great neat, neat fit because you're, you're paying for it. Yep. They, um, I don't know what I don't know what um, the government's doing in terms of um, cr credits for processing this. Or yep. what I mean, he, he, I'm trying to work out other than actually you paying them and then you you producing vanadium and then you selling the market. Yep. What are the other kind of either credits or oh, you've got one byproduct agreement yep. in place? What, what else is to be had? Ticklers, there's more to be had. Right. So I mean, essentially, you make money by selling vanadium pentoxide. One. One. Two, you've got two byproducts. Yeah. We call one of them SSM. I think we should S have a new acronym. Stabilized slag material. That's the calcium that carbonate. That's so sexy. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, if it makes money, it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then you've got sodium sulfate. Right. Ready market. The volumes aren't huge. Hmm. And then, you know, there's a value associated with generating carbon credits. There's yeah. a process. We don't model that because we're trying to be conservative. But there's a value to the carbon credits, a yeah. not insignificant one. Yeah. And the other thing which is interesting is if you are importing vanadium from elsewhere into Europe, the European border adjustment mechanism would kick in. So if you are digging a hole in the ground with a slightly mm. dirtier footprint, there'll be an impost. Mm. Whereas we're sitting here domestically with a very green process. So there's, mm. you know, fingers crossed, that impost is not there and therefore you have an advantage on the cost curve against... Importing of materials from traditional sources. So that's fantastic. I hadn't really kind of factored in the current carbon credit side of things. That's why yep. I'm intrigued, intrigued by that because it's very, very topical. Some mm. companies creating huge value for themselves. 
but not doing very much, but talking about it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm intrigued as to how you can you manage that. Do you have to bring someone in? There's that. There's an existing system which you kind of just you know insert yourself into. Yeah. Well, when you gave you the double point, yeah, me personally, yeah, you. No, we'll, we'll have some experts help us. There's a mm. notification procedure, mm. and there's just a sequence of steps to get recognised as someone who is preventing CO2 from going into the atmosphere. Do you have to show that with SSAB? Or was it because of your process that you, you kind of get those? Well, you're obviously going down a path to yeah. avoid that. That's not really been part of the discussion. Yeah. Can you share the you know the economics of that that's with true. others? I suspect so. So that's Probably what we're establishing at the moment. Yeah, okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Wow, that's food for thought. Yeah. Um, that's a big one, actually. Um, right, third... Third, and, and you mentioned a bunch of cabs at the yeah. rank. To be honest, we're very much, there's three technologies, three yeah. business units, you know, simplifying things a little bit. We spun out the nickel, we yeah. sold Mount Marion. Things are getting yep. simpler with a, a real targeted thematic for us now. So the third one is uh, a lithium chemical technology, mm-hmm. homegrown, and the concept is the, using a feedstock of, of lithium chloride, mm-hmm. so from a brine source or spodumane, mm-hmm. slightly more advanced on the brine work that we've done, mm-hmm. producing lithium hydroxide but bypassing the yeah. need for all the reagents which would otherwise come soda ash from Wyoming. It goes on a boat, it goes up the Andes in a truck, truck yeah. comes down, that's bad. Yeah. So that's what the process is all about, and it's using electrolysis to split the two. And we've got a really big partner called Bondalti, mm-hmm. and they're chloralkali experts with a huge site in Estoreo, Portugal. All the equipment, and that's what that's been waiting for as a partner. They're co-funding a pilot, and that's what. Well, that's we're the at. kind of nirvana for a lot of the lithium companies. Come on, and talk to me about how they're going to te- technically crack the code, as it were, yeah. and produce hydroxide instead of carbon instead of whatever it is that they're, they're, they're actually doing. Um, so you're, you're kind of getting to the end point more efficiently and uh, I guess in a more green way, which is obviously yeah. need, to, need to be able to say that. And so where, with regards to that, money, decision-making, time, and then you've got the partner there to, mm. to enable it, because that seems to be the model here. Find yeah. a really good, solid partner. Come, you know, obviously, you've got to come to the party with something to yeah. you. Um, so tell me a bit more about this partner, the, the big old outfit. Yeah, big old outfit, Bondalti. Big balance sheet. So, but what's your contribution? Our contribution is the technology. Okay. So, in terms of the purification front end and the way we're applying electrolysis to this feed material, right. is something they're not as familiar with. They right. do it with sodium chloride. Okay. And they generate a bunch of byproducts that they're in the market, in the value chain, selling okay. chlorine, etc. So, they're the absolute correct partner. And the opportunity for us is flexible. Again, you can tolerate. You can partner with people, but say, for example, you have a somewhat stranded mm. European company that is going to generate hard rock, spodumene, and then they're saying, well, in order to secure capital, yeah. we have to do something more to yeah. value add. We're going to make chemicals. It's pretty complicated. Yeah. So here's an opportunity where you're providing the ability for them to just provide you an intermediate, mm. which otherwise you know, is not as commonplace for lithium chloride to mm. be a saleable material, and we would take that, turn it into chemicals under a you know a range of different scenarios. Yeah. One one could be toll treating, one's in partnership, and that's a bit of a central thing. We're trying okay. to stay flexible with these projects because mm. OEMs and a lot of these companies are trying to establish 
you know, the chest bases keep moving, so so we want to stay flexible. Okay, okay. Well, I, I guess we'll hear more of that as things progress. Once we talk about the market, okay, the market just sucks at the moment uh-huh. for everyone and every, whatever the sector, whatever the vertical yep. you're, you're in. And do you, do you feel that having been a miner, yep. evolved? Continue to evolve, and I don't know. You, I don't know. In, in your case, if you feel like you're moving downstream, upstream, sideways, you're a different category completely. You know, it, it, things have changed for you. You're not being yeah. judged by the same in the same way that you perhaps would have been, yeah. or the, the natural resources space is being judged at the moment. So that's been to your benefit, I, I guess. Yeah. Or is it because people just don't quite know where to put you? A, li- a little bit of the latter, right. if I'm honest, because. Well, I do know that we're going downstream rather than upstream. That that much is clear to us. Uh, you know, how do you categorise us? Are we a clean tech company? Yeah. Uh, you know, are we a, a chemical company? Yeah. Chemical industrial. You know, it's more of the latter, and I think it depends who you're talking to. Frankly, right. The fund managers have different categories for everything, but the reality is we're not a mining company. That's really clear. I think, you know, in time with revenues, we should be, you know, sitting with multiples akin to what a chemical or an industrial company has, Which advanced chemicals. Very interesting at that point. Yeah. It really does. And so, I mean, this is literally why we're here and we've got the opportunity to do it and see, you know, um, potential partners, et cetera, and do other business in Europe. Mm. Is just raising awareness that this is different. This is no longer a mining story per se, which is not to say we don't want to speak to mining investors because it's the same value chain. The miners really understand all the people connected to the mining industry. Hmm. They really understand the supply chain. Yeah, it's, it's it, interesting times. We'll see, see what happens on, on that front. Um, just, I, I guess, kind of just to finish off is we talked a lot about R and D during this conversation, right? Yeah. But specific project based R and D and evolutions thereof. With regards to new ideas, mm-hmm. back at HQ, R&D, new ideas in terms of the next calves off the rank and what, what problems they're going to be solving. Are yeah. you just focused today on, let's get these three things up, up and running and, and you know there's enough to be doing there? Yeah. Or is there kind of a bunch of new ideas coming online anytime soon? Uh, we've got a pretty dedicated focus to making these three things work we don't we don't want to get bandwidth constrained mm-hmm. always open to mm-hmm. you know trying to pursue and run down opportunities and if it's a terrific one then of course you can find more people etc mm-hmm. but for now very focused on those three right there's some legacy r&d you know that's sitting there that we keep you know keeping alive etc and yeah. sometimes it requires a different market yeah. or a different catalyst where we don't need to spend a great deal of money we've invested in some other in a small way in some other companies that have been strategically relevant to us we've put some money into you know a company that's using vanadium in the anode out of the usa mm-hmm. um so yeah we remain Agile, I guess, but we see a lot of organic growth. Like, don't need to go find the next and the next project because it's not mining anymore. We don't need resource extensions or M and A. The growth is coming from different JVs and different jurisdictions, and so our cup's pretty full. Yeah, no, I I kind of meant in terms of like you know when you that's what I said you know what problems are you going to solve right because that's what you become problem solvers. And by working with some of these joint venture partners, there may be other bits of their their industry, their, yeah. their, their, their portfolio, which need problems to be solved. So it's really kind of looking at it from that, that perspective. Um, final question. Go on. Okay. You have been a dividend payer. Yep. 
because you had a big chunk of money that you got from Mount Marion, right? Yeah. Um, as you move forward, and obviously you paid a lot out, was it over 50 million bucks? Or so, maybe 85 more. Million. 85 million awesome. to date. So um, what's the next two years look like? Because obviously some of these projects will start to kind of ramp up on the, on the revenue, which, yeah. which is great. Um, that money, the big yeah. lump sum is going to be dwindling down. So will you continue to be a dividend paying company? Or is it now that the gains to be done through the re-rate because you're moving downstream, you're a chemicals company or whatever yeah. people are going to label you as? So we don't officially have a dividend policy is the first thing I'd say. Okay. What we've tried to do is maintain returns to shareholders. Right. But uh, we've improvised a little bit. So last year, we spun out our nickel assets, formed a new company that's completely separate to us called Widgie Nickel. But shareholders all got an in-specie distribution. And they've done very well out of that. Share price is going pretty strong. So I think we look at this now and say that that cash is very valuable. Mm -hmm. We've got a home for all of it. Mm But we're also very mindful of having had a history of returns. I think we just have to think about it differently. You know, does it have to be cash? Can it be in kind? What can we do to stay a little bit innovative? The stock's done quite well as well. Okay, we're not going to. You know, last year has been pretty pretty good uh, for shareholders. Um, There have been dividends along there, but there's no dividend policy. Okay, that's an important point to make. Widgie is obviously been really quite good, and with the kind of first two big projects off the rank, they would get into revenue within the next two years. Expect some sort of meaningful contribution. Yeah. Well, certainly from the battery side of yeah. things. Um, timing on vanadium is a little bit more like 2024. 2024, okay. And Eli just watched this space. Yeah. But I think on the dividends as well, you you rightly would have people saying, if you're still giving me cash, I question whether you know what to do with your money, and we right. really know what to do with the money at present. That's where I'd be. I'd be yeah. like, keep your money. Yeah. I'm very happy with the share price and where it's going. Continues to go. Um, and the, the occasional little win like which is, is nice but again not, not essential but yeah, yeah you, you've, you've looked after us <laughs> I think it's fair to say okay hey look better let you get back press the flash go tell the story remind people um, you know that you're over here now on AIM yeah is that, is that easy going is it easy being on AIM compared to uh, ASX if you asked our CFO it was tough to get on <laughs> and I was involved in that process heavily as well yeah. it's different it's right. different it's like asking farmers farming tough. It's yeah. always tough. So CFO, okay, he's over here with you as well. Yeah. So he's having to go do a few meetings now, is he? Yeah. Well, the world's changing now, yeah. and so yeah. we've got new investors, different thing, and uh, he needs to be across it as well as Chris and myself and, and the others. So it's all a learning exercise, but, you know, we're getting a good reception. Mm. Onwards. Onwards. See you soon.